Last week, I began a three-part series uh, to get us ready. And the, the series is Get Ready. It's, it's to prepare us for regathering. On June 14th, we're going to be regathering for the first time in, in, a, in a few months. Uh, by that time, we will have been, uh, we will have been apart since, uh, well, the middle of March. Uh, it's been April, May, and then June. So three months we've been doing this online church, and, and uh, we're looking forward to getting back together to worship God together. Let me encourage you to, to be faithful. I know there are many things that are, uh, that are uh, out there, many, uh, many opinions and, and uh, many uh, different sources that are giving different ideas about what's going on. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. Don't fear, don't let fear and worry control you. Now, don't be foolish. Let's be careful. Let's be prayerful. And let's follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, and I want to encourage you to make plans to be with us on June 14th. Uh, June 14th, we're going to have two, we're going to have two services. And, uh, the first service at 1030 is going to be a service for families with children. And, uh, and we invite you, if you have children, uh, fifth grade and under, we invite you to come to that 1030 service and to be with us there uh, for that. And then our second service is going to be at 1230. And uh, that's going to be for families or individuals without young children. So sixth grade and up, uh, Bring them on and and be a part of that service uh, with us and and it's going to be a great time. Many of you have volunteered to help us with our our uh, our teams to uh, to greet people, our hospitality team and and our our sanitizing team, our setup team, and uh, we need all of that. And so uh, so come and be a part if you will, and that'll be such a blessing. And we look forward to being back together. But as we as we make that move to come back together. I want, I want to see God do something big. We talked about it a little bit last week, how that God can, we believe God can, we believe he wants to, and we believe that he will do something great and mighty as we, the people of God, yield ourselves to him, as we open ourselves up to him, and we don't need to wait until we come back together to, do, to see God do something big. I want to see him do something big in our hearts right now, right here today, and I believe he can. Last week, we started the series with, uh, with a message uh, entitled, Search Me. As, as we were all encouraged to pray, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I'm so excited about how God has been doing that. You know, just that day, as as uh, as I preached that message, uh, God uh, God allowed some circumstances in my own life to show me areas where I needed to be strengthened, and and many of them were uh, in relationships, testing my temper, testing my uh, self control, and and uh, guarding my mouth and things like that, and and uh, not letting not letting anger uh, rule and and. I praise the Lord that God loves us enough to answer those prayers. 
You know, many times we, uh, when he answers our prayers, he doesn't answer them the way that we think he, we think he should. You know, uh, we, we pray for patience and we think that God ought to just give us patience and then the next time difficult times come, we'll just be a patient person through that. But the Bible tells us that tribulation or difficult times works patience. It strengthens us to be patient. And, and it's in those times of difficulty that God wants to help us and enable us. And you say, well, I don't have patience for those difficult times. I need God to give me patience to face those difficult times. No, here's what he'll do. He'll allow those difficult times to come so he can give you grace to be patient even though you can't be patient. He'll give you grace to be patient because he's going to strengthen you and enable you in that moment of difficulty. And then you'll realize more and more how much you need God at work in your, in your circumstances. That you need God's help. You can't rely on yourself. Uh, you, you can't put, put confidence in the flesh. It'll fail you every time. But you can put your confidence in God and he'll never fail you. So I ask God to search you and to know your heart, to try you and know your thoughts and to see if there be any wicked way in you and then to lead you in the way everlasting. As we pray that prayer uh, and, and he begins to show us that, uh, show us those, those difficult, uh, situ through difficult situations, he shows us our, our weakness, our failures. Um, he helps us to see that, that we fall so short he helps us to see that, that our way is, is wrong so often. The Bible, the Bible tells us that, uh, in, in the Old Testament, repeatedly it says that, that, uh, people did that that was right in their own eyes. Judges chapter 17 says, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. But here's the thing. Here's, here's, here's what the Bible goes on to say in the book of Proverbs. And we're, we're studying through Proverbs uh, and uh, we're taking a break from it now for this, for this uh, uh, series. But, uh, but in Proverbs chapter 12, the Bible says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. See, when we follow what is right in our own eyes, Rather than seeing what is right in the eyes of God, the Bible says we are a fool or we're living like a fool. Because a fool does that that is right in his own eyes. Every way of man is right in his own eyes. You know, we've got people that, uh, that are acting, uh, acting out and, and just doing what they want to do and they feel justified in it. And, and there's this mindset that, you know, if, if your friend is doing something uh, right or wrong, if they feel like that, that's what they should do, then as a friend, I should support them in that uh, because I want to be a good friend. That's, that's not necessarily a, a good friend. If your friend is doing wrong, they need you to be a friend to them and love them enough to let them see and to help them see that they are doing wrong. If you're supporting them in what they're doing, you're just as guilty as they are. And that, and we, you know, then, then people say, well, who are, who are we to judge? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, um, the Bible says that by their fruits you'll know them. And, and, uh, and so, you know, if I, if, I look at, if I look at a tree and it has apples on it, I can determine very quickly that that is an apple tree. 
Now, unless somebody has come along and, and tied string around the stems or put something on the apple itself to attach it to the tree and, and fake it as a, as a apple tree, you know, but, uh, but if I see fruit growing on a tree, if I see apples growing on a tree, I can make a decision. I can discern that that is an apple tree. That, and when I see somebody that is doing something that is clearly against the teaching of the word of God, it's not me judging. It's the word of God saying that their actions are wrong. So I can say with, with biblical authority that that is wrong, that it's sin. And it's not me being, it's not me being judgmental. It's me standing, lovingly standing on the truth of God's word. And we need to get back to the, to the authority of God's word rather than the authority of our feelings and our, our intentions and our, uh, our uh, likes and our dislikes and our opinions. Because see, what, what we think and our opinion really doesn't matter when it comes to the word of God. What we need to do is put our, put our, our opinions and our feelings in submission to the word of God. We need to come under the authority of the word of God and we can, and we say to God, not my I will, but thine be done. Lord, thy will be done in L.A. as it is in heaven. And if that's going to be accomplished, then you and I not only need to say, search me, O God, but we need to recognize that our ways are, are not, many times they're not in line with God's ways. We, we, need to, we need to see that the Bible tells us there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. As, as we go through our life and we do that that is right in our own eyes and we feel justified in it, the Bible says such is the way of an adulterous woman. She, she eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I've done no wickedness. Basically what it's saying is, is, is a person who, who is wicked in their heart and in their life, they do what satisfies them or what they think is going to satisfy them and, and they follow after their base desires and they say, I'm not doing wrong. I'm just doing, I'm, I'm doing what makes me happy. But you'll find that it's empty. You'll find that, that, well, as Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. It's just a trouble to my heart and life to follow after my heart. The heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So I don't need to trust in it. I don't need to follow my heart. You don't need to follow your heart. What do we need to do then? Well, if, if my ways are, if my ways tend to uh, wickedness, if, if following after what is right in my eyes is, is uh, the way of a fool, then I need to know the right way to go. And so I need to not only say, search me, O God, but I need to follow that up with, Lord, would you teach me? Teach me your way. Lord, I don't want to go my way. I want to go your way. Lord, help me to see the right way to go. Help me to follow in your path by showing me the right way to live, the right decisions to make, the right course to take in my life. Several years ago, I, I, I taught school at a, at a private school in Georgia. And, and one of the things that, one of the, one of the uh, principles that I learned in teaching 
is repetition is key to learning. So we would often uh, we'd often uh, say things and you know repeat it, whether it was definitions or uh, or um, some. Uh, principle or some multiplication tables or something like that we would we'd say it and, and repeat it and say it again and and again and again and uh, we learn that repetition is key to learning and so often God will allow something into our life to help us to learn a lesson and what he wants to help us to learn to do is he wants us to learn to respond in that situation in a right way and if we do it a wrong way then guess what we get to we get to do it again right uh and uh, another another truth that i learned in teaching is that is that first i i tell the students something i i say it to them and then i show them uh, whether it's through an illustration or or uh, or a picture or uh, some diagram on the chalkboard, I would show them. I would uh, walk them through it, and then I would. Uh, and then after I told them, after I showed them, then I helped them by uh, by letting them begin to do it, and I'm there to kind of coach them through. But then I need to watch them. I need to step back and let them do it. And, and if, when they do it, if they do it right, then, hey, you, you, you've got it. But if they did it wrong, then I could come back in and help them to see where they got it wrong. And see, so it's, it's teaching is, is tell them, show them, help them, and watch them. And then repeat that. As we teach and, and see, that's what God does in our lives. God is there with us as children of God to tell us and to, and to show us and to help us and to watch us live our lives. And he's there to strengthen us and to enable us. Now, how does he teach us? The Bible, tells, the Bible helps us to understand how God does just that. Well, he's given, us the, he's given us the Spirit of God that indwells us, that leads us and guides us and teaches us what is right and what is wrong. Uh, he, he's, also, he, he's also given us, uh, he's given us his word. So often people will, people will pray and they'll ask God to speak to them or, or you know, give me a sign or let me know your will. And all the time they've got the word of God, but they don't open it and read it. See, I, the word of God is so powerful. The Word of God is so, so uh, effective in our lives if we'll open it and read it, if we'll uh, take heed to what it says. The Bible tells us all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means that, that these words came out of the mouth of God. Now, he didn't speak them in English. We have, we have the Bible in English and, 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 uh, and we need to, we need to know that, that, uh, what, that these truths, these words that, are, that we're reading in English, they're translated from, uh, the, the, the Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic, uh, the, the text where, where they were recorded when God spoke them. Now, I understand we don't have the original manuscripts today, but, but by comparing manuscript to, to manuscripts that were copied from those original, uh, then we can see that we have the very word of God. I was uh, I found it very interesting that uh, some some time ago that uh, some scrolls were found that contained uh, the word of God. They were scrolls of the Bible, scriptures that uh, that had had been. Um, 
lost for some time and and archaeologists found these and and they had been uh they had encountered a fire they had been in in a fire and uh and so the outer layers were burned but uh but the inner layers they were they were preserved uh i guess you could say by the fire but because they were so old they they knew they couldn't just open them up to see what it said or it would crumble and and they'd be no good anyway but through technology, through infrared technology, they've been able to scan those and see what they actually say. It's really, really interesting. They scan them to see what they actually say. And these ancient uh, scrolls, as they scan them to see what they say, the words that they say lines up exactly with the Bible that we have today. How amazing is that? Hey, that, that's because God has given his word. And not only did he give his word, not only did he speak these words, but he has promised to preserve his words for, uh, for us through every generation. And, and I'm so thankful that we have the word of God preserved in our language today. Hey, praise the Lord for that. Hey, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm thankful that God has spoken and God has given us his word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it says it is profitable. That means it's beneficial. It's beneficial for me and you. This is, this is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It's going to help you. It's going to strengthen you. It's going to, uh, to help you to grow in your Christian life. It's going to help you to be faithful in your walk with Jesus Christ. Now, how is it going to do that? Because it teaches us. It's profitable for doctrine. That's the basic teachings of the Word of God. Those basic truths that He's, that he's uh, teaching us and encouraging us with. Uh, and, he, and He goes through and He shows us these principles. Uh, and through the Bible, over and over, we learn what we ought to believe and, and the way we ought to live. He teaches, well, we'll just put it this way. He shows us, first of all, what is right. As we read the Bible, God is going to show us what is right. And, and, and I love it that as he's teaching us what is right, from the very beginning, he shows us that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. There's so many people out there that are wondering, you know, the origin of the, of the universe and everything. If, if they would just believe the Bible, they would see that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And as you read, uh, as you read the creation account, you'll see that it took place in seven, well, actually six, literal 24-hour days. Those periods of 24 hours that we call a day, that is, the, that is the time frame that God said in his word that he created the heaven and the earth and, and everything that's in it. And, and I'm so thankful that we have the word of God to teach us what is right. And as you go through the scriptures, you see over and over the Bible teaching us what is right, the way we should live, the things we should do, uh, what we should believe, and so forth. Um, and as we, as we learn what is right, uh, we, we understand that, that this is the way and we're to walk in it. The Bible says, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. 
The, the scripture tells us that, that the word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. He, 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 he teaches us uh, the way we should go. And as, as the spirit of God has uh, indwelled us as believers and he's illuminating his word and helping us to understand his word and his word is illuminating our path and showing us the way to go. The Bible says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We should, we should walk in light. We should walk in and live our lives according to what the Bible shows us is right. Not, not saying, well, that's your opinion or that's your interpretation or whatever. The Bible, the Bible is the word of God and it has one interpretation. It can have several applications, but it has one interpretation. And when the Bible says something is right, it is right. And when the Bible says something is wrong, it's wrong. And that's what we need to follow. We, if we're going to, if we're going to ask God to teach us, if we're going to ask Him to help us to grow, to be ready for God to do something great and mighty in our midst, then we need to, we need to forsake our own way and we need to say, Lord, would you teach me your way because your way is right. Your way is far above my way and my way falls so short of yours. Lord, teach me your way. Lead me in your paths. The psalmist said, the psalmist said uh, in, um, in Psalm 25, verse 4, he said, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. We need to pray and ask God to teach us. We need to ask him to show us and then we need to take some time to open up the word of God each and every day and dive into it and read it to see what he has to say to us for that day. What he's wanting to teach us as he's showing us what is right. And as he's showing us, this is the way that you and I ought to live. These are the ways that we ought to, uh, ought to conduct ourselves. This is the path that we should follow. Uh, and, and he says, he, he says, uh, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Hey, it's wonderful to know that you and I can walk in a close fellowship with God. It's wonderful to know that you and I can have, have close uh, fellowship with Jesus Christ as we listen to what he says. Now, you may have your opinions on what is right, and I may have my opinion on what is right, but once again, our opinion is not what matters. What matters is what God says in his word. Now, if what you say is right and what I say is right lines up with scripture, then amen. But if we differ from scripture on what we're saying is right, then we are wrong. The Bible is always right. We need to humble ourselves and do what the Bible says to do. I think of this cur uh, currently, right now, our, our, our country is in, is, in, uh, is in a mess. The, the actions of a person acting out in anger 
cause the death of another human being. These, these men were of different, uh, different ethnicities. And, and that, that acting out in anger caused the death of another man and, and thereby has caused riots in our cities. And those riots have, have, have caused many people to sit back in their living rooms or in their bedrooms and, or wherever they may be and, and pull out their phones and look at this in disgust and, and comment and say all kinds of foolishness on Facebook and uh, social media. Now, let me just say this. The riots, it, you, you will not find acting out in that way supported in Scripture. You will not find kneeling on a man's neck in anger and causing his death supported in Scripture. You won't find those things in Scripture. Hey, both are wrong. But child of God, here's the thing. We need to understand that this is just evidence of a world that is racked with sin. The Bible says, for from within, out of the heart proceeds all kinds of wickedness. And we have the responsibility to respond. We have a responsibility as the people of God to look at this situation and not say to one side or the other how ridiculous and foolish. But what we, have the, what we have the responsibility to say is these actions are wrong. But we don't just say it like that. The Bible tells us this. And here's what, here's what we need to remember. A soft answer turneth away wrath. The man, the police officer kneeling on another man's neck and not having mercy on him after he's handcuffed and causing him to causing him to to die you know what that you know what that's evidence of it's evidence that people need Jesus people need Jesus the 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 stores that are being uh, that are having their windows bashed in and the police cars that are being set on fire and and the the looting of of retail stores and and all of that you you know what that is that 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 does nothing to bring the man back from his death and it does nothing to change men's minds about the about the tensions between the people groups it does nothing except solidify the anger so child of God here's what you and I should do we should recognize that this is evidence of a world that needs Jesus our hearts should break over the sin that's committed and the, the sin that's committed and we should take a stand for what is right. We should stand up for our brothers and sisters and, and say, hey, people, people are people. Human beings are human beings, regardless of the color of their skin or the color of their eyes or the color of their hair. They're human beings. 
They're human beings whom God loves, and you and I should love them. And the Bible teaches us that we are all of one blood. And because of that, it is right for you and me to love the people around us, regardless of what nation they're from, regardless of their color of skin, and regardless of whether or not they've trusted Jesus as their Savior. We are called by God to love them. The Word of God teaches that it is right to love it is pro- the word of God is profitable for doctrine and that teaches us to love one another and it teaches us that a soft answer turns away wrath my son has been has been uh, sharing with me about several conversations he's had over the past week uh, with different ones about this situation and and how people are so worked up and I told him I said I said I said look you can you can argue with them and, and, and set a bad testimony, or you can respond to them and just, what, regardless of the topic, whether it's this situation about uh, George Floyd and, and his, his death, or, uh, or the riots, or, or even uh, politics, whether it's somebody talking about a Republican or a Democrat or whoever it is, and, and they're, they're spouting off hate and disrespect and all that. I said, regardless of what somebody says, you can respond like this and say, you know what? That's, that just shows us how much the world needs Jesus. He, this morning I asked him about that and uh, uh, if he had had any, uh, any discussions with people and, and all that. And, and he, he said, yes, I did. He said, and I, he said, and I used that, that response to him several times. Several times, he said. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, well, how'd it go? And he said, they were like, Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He said, and some other people, they just kind of went silent. And they were like, hmm. And you know, a soft answer. You know, he's, he's, not, he, he's, he's not arguing against them. But he's giving them an answer that is, that is truly the answer to these problems. Because Jesus is love. And he brings love into our hearts. And the love of Jesus and his grace changes lives. And we find that in the word of God. The word of God teaches us what is right. Not only does the word of God teach us what is right, but it teaches us what is wrong. In 1 John 1.8, he says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If you say, if you, say you know, I'm doing right, and you don't tell me I'm doing wrong because I'm not doing wrong. The Bible says, you're, you're a liar. You're not doing the truth. In, in fact, you're calling God a liar if you do that. Read, read 1 John chapter 1. You'll see that's what the Bible says. It says you're, you call God a liar when you say that you've not sinned. Sometimes the, the Bible is straightforward laying, laying out the sins uh, for us, like in Galatians chapter 5 where it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, uh, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Hey, it's, it's, it's very straightforward saying these things are wrong. Sometimes it teaches us through giving, giving the, the very plain uh, identifier of the sin. Sometimes it teaches us through principle. Like uh, 
a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, Jesus said. So by teaching us that we should love one another, that's what is right. But then the Bible says uh, the word of God is profitable for doctrine. It's also profitable for reproof that shows us what is wrong. And sometimes he says uh, the works of the flesh are, you know, envies, murders, uh, drunkenness, and so forth. But sometimes he, he shows us that we should love one another. And the flip side of that is if it's right to love one another, it's wrong to hate one another. If it's right to tell the truth, then it's wrong to tell a lie. If it's wrong to murder, it's right to promote life. And that, that means life inside the womb and outside of the womb. Hey, God wants, uh, God wants us to promote life. Scripture tells us, we saw this, it said, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but then they're over the ways of death. So Proverbs tells us that, that we shouldn't follow in the paths of wickedness. We shouldn't go after sinful people and just get caught up in, in, their, uh, in their evil and wicked ways. In fact, it says in Proverbs 4, uh, speaking of, of following the path of sinfulness, it says, avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it and pass away. Just go the other way. Don't follow, don't follow after sin. Do the exact opposite. Don't do wrong. Do what is right. Reminds me of, of there in, the, in the, uh, the book, I believe Deuteronomy, God is uh, speaking to the children of Israel as they're getting ready to go into the land of Canaan, uh, the promised land. And, and he says to them, look, I set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. By teaching them that, he's saying, don't choose death. Don't choose to be cursed. Choose to obey. Choose to follow my way, he says, and don't follow your own way. But so often, as we see, the people of Israel, they did their own way. They, they uh, brought curses upon themselves. They brought death upon themselves because they chose to do what was right in their eyes rather than what is right in God's eyes. Now you may say, you may say, uh, Pastor Philip, I, I, I realize I have messed up. I have done that's, that's right in my eyes. I haven't followed the scriptures. I haven't let the word of God teach me what is right. I haven't done what is right in the eyes of the Lord. I've done what's right in my eyes and I see that it's gotten me into a mess. Well, I'm so thankful that God doesn't just tell us in his word, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. But back to our text, 2 Timothy chapter 3, where it says that the word of God is profitable for doctrine, uh, what is, shows us what is right, and reproof, showing us what is wrong. It says, for correction. See, God, God's word not only shows us what is right and what is wrong, but he shows us how to correct it. When we've gotten it wrong, he shows us how to correct it. How can you and I, uh, how, how can you and I correct the things that we've done wrong? It's through what the Bible calls repentance. Repentance is a change of heart and mind about our sin, about our situation, about ourselves and about the Savior. And it's going to result in a change of direction. It's going to result in a change of our way of life and our actions. True repentance will bring about a change. Many times people say they've repented when they're just saying sorry. If you, it's important to say sorry for your sin. It's important to say sorry uh, that you're sorry when you've done wrong. 
But, but to just say it and not let that change take place in your life is not being sorry for your sin. In, in Psalm 51, uh, David had been, uh, had been uh, you could say he was caught. The, the Bible tells us that, uh, that God sent the prophet Nathan to David uh, to, to tell him, uh, that, to expose to him that he had sinned. And, uh, and when Nathan the prophet came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba, uh, David is, uh, is humbling himself before God in repentance. And he says in, in Psalm 51, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. You know what he's doing? He's not just brushing it under the rug. He's not saying, yeah, I did bad. He's, he's not saying, well, you know, she was there, her husband was away, she was feeling lonely, and I just got caught up in a bad situation. See, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't gloss over it. He, he called it exactly what it was, transgression, iniquity, sin. He confessed it to God. True confession to God is agreeing with God about our sin. And in order to agree with God about our sin, we see it as dangerous and deadly and destructive. We see that it's not something that we ought to even come close to. And, we have, and when we've committed those sins, we are, we're guilty. And we deserve the consequences that come. But we the Bible says if we confess our sin, if we confess, if we'll agree with God and humble ourselves and, and acknowledge our sins in confession before God, the Bible says He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, I'm so thankful that the Word of God teaches us not just what is right and what is wrong, but knowing, knowing the hearts of men, knowing how we are prone to get ourselves into sin. God lovingly and graciously in His Word showed us how we can correct those things that we've done wrong. We can get back on track the way we ought to, and we can live a life that is honoring and glorifying to God. The Bible says, wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And you and I need to understand that we were born in sin. And because we were born in sin, we are sinners. And we sin because we're sinners. And, and we need to recognize that we are condemned and on our way to hell because we're sinners. And, and there's nothing that we can do to change our life as, as far as doing good works. We can't do enough good to undo the wrong and to change the fact that we're sinners. So Jesus Christ, in the, in the love and mercy and grace of God, uh, came and, and gave himself to be the sacrifice for our sins. See, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Maybe there's somebody watching this today and, and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, but you see that you are still under the weight of, of the, the, the burden and guilt of your sin. And, and look, I'm not here to condemn you. Jesus said that he didn't even come into the world to condemn the world. The world was condemned already because of our unbelief. But Jesus saw mankind steeped in sin, bound and broken by sin, heading for an eternity in the lake of fire. And, and Jesus said, I'll pay the price. And so Jesus came to this earth and he, he took the sin of mankind upon himself and he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, an excruciating and horrible way to die. And he bore your sin and mine in himself, in his own body there on the cross as he hung there, suspended between heaven and earth, between God and man, paying the price for our sin. And as he hung there on the cross with people gathered around mocking and, and scoffing at him, Jesus cried out and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then as he came to the end of his life, Jesus cried with a loud voice to tell us die. The, the, that means it is finished the price for our redemption had been paid and Jesus bowed his head and yielded up the ghost the Bible says Jesus died on the cross for your sin and mine the wages of sin is death and Jesus paid that price for me and you Jesus paid that price. But he didn't stay dead. On the third day, Jesus rose again from the grave to give victory and to show us that, that his payment worked. God in the flesh died for the sins of mankind and he rose again victorious over death, hell and the grave and he lives victoriously today uh, seated at the right hand of the throne of God making intercession for us and pleading uh, and praying for me and you and he's wanting us to live right and to do right but the first step, uh, the first step into living in that victory is to receive it for ourselves. On September 28, 1987, as a young teenage boy, I bowed my head and prayed. I acknowledged my sin. I confessed my sin to God, and I received his gift of eternal life. And he wants to do the same for you if you'll come to him in faith today. Now, you, you might say, Pastor Philip, I've already done that. I've already, I've already prayed and trusted Jesus as my Savior if you have, then praise the Lord for that. But if you've, uh, and if you've, if you've done that, it's very likely that you, that you and I, since that time, have not completely lived a holy and a righteous life, have we? We've done wrong, haven't we? We've done wrong this past year, haven't we? We've done wrong this past month, this past week, today, 
We probably have. We're guilty. And the Word of God shows us that shows us that if you and I will confess that, we, we don't have to get saved again. We are a child of God. And being a child of God uh, through faith in Jesus Christ, receiving that gift of eternal life, that makes us a child of God. We don't have to get saved again. But what we do need to do is we need to be restored in fellowship. We have a relationship through Jesus Christ. But because of our, our unfaithfulness to, uh, to live those righteous lives that he wants us to live, because we have allowed the world to allure us and to draw us away, our fellowship with our Father has gotten strained. And we need to be restored in fellowship. So if you and I will confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, what does that mean? That means that God's word not only shows us how to get it right, not, not only is it showing us how to correct it, doctrine shows us what is right, reproof shows us what is wrong, correction shows us how to get it right, but then instruction in righteousness shows us how to maintain it, how to maintain a life that is pleasing unto God, glorifying to God. So uh, what, what we need to do is, is we, need to, we need to rely on, on the, the way of God as we follow the way of God, asking Jesus Christ, Christ to teach us his way from his word, humbling ourselves to follow him and to not follow our own way, but to yield to him and to follow what he teaches us from his word. He's going to show us, he's going to show us those things that are wrong so we can confess them and get them out, but he's going to strengthen us through his word so that we can we can live a life that's honoring to God and maintain an honoring, God-glorifying Christian life. Those weapons of our warfare are not carnal, as I said. It's not of this world. The weapons that God has given us are weapons to be used not against people, but against the, against the, the sin that would try to allure us away, uh, the world and the devil that tries to draw us away from that close fellowship with God. And so what we need to do is rely on the Word of God. These weapons, the weapon of the Word of God, the weapon of prayer, uh, and, and the weapon of, of, um, truly of a Christian life that God has given us in Ephesians 6, the armor of God. And those things protect us and the weapons of, of prayer and the word of God. Hey, we're to use those to defeat the enemy. They're not of this world. The, the, the weapons are not of this world, but they are mighty and they will pull down those strongholds. We've corrected our behavior uh, through confessing our sin and getting our hearts right with God. But, uh, but in order to be sure that we're not going to fall back into it, using the word of God as it shows us, as it teaches us what is right and wrong, we tear down those strongholds in our life. We recognize, hey, here's an area that, I, that I've had weakness in. Here's an area where I've been prone to give in to sin, and I need to, I need to not do that. So, so I set some guardrails. I set some, uh, some protections there and tear down those strongholds, getting victory in those areas of my life. And here's how the Bible says we can do it. 
Galatians 5.16 says this, I say, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Be faithful to listen to the spirit of God and to obey the word of God. And it'll help you to maintain a life that is pleasing to God. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Well, his way is taught us here in his word. His way is taught us by his spirit. And we need to listen. We need to understand that his word teaches us what is right, what is wrong, how to correct the wrong behavior, and how to continue to live in a way that is right. Uh, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Psalm 119, 11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. See, someone said sin will keep you from the Bible, but the Bible will keep you from sin. Isn't it interesting? The more, the more we give in to sin, the, the less of a desire we have to get in the Word of God and read it. Hey, if you, if you are one that struggles with a desire to read the Word of God, I would, I would use that as, a, as an alarm bell to let me see that I'm, I've got sin in my life. If you are not one that, that is excited to, to, uh, to listen to the preaching of the Word of God and to be involved in church and all of that, I would let that be, uh, be sirens going off in my heart and mind, letting me see that there's something wrong in my spirit. There's something wrong in my walk because, hey, a child of God that is walking with God is going to love what God loves, His Word, His church, and His way. So may our prayer today be, show me thy way, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. Last week we prayed, search me, O God, and know my heart. Today we need to pray, Lord, show me your way and teach me. Lord, would you teach me your way? My way has gotten me into trouble, but your way will lead me into the way everlasting. Your way will lead me into, in the way of blessings. Your way is what is right. As for God, His way is perfect. And as we learn from God, as we learn from His Word, He wants us to live that life following in His way. As he teaches us, he wants us to turn around and teach others to listen to the Spirit of God as he teaches them. He wants us to teach others to get in the Word of God. Scripture says it this way, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6, And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the Word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you were in samples or examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. Paul said, look, you've listened, you've learned from God's word, you've learned by the Spirit of God, and you've learned from, from uh, us, from what we have taught you from his word, and then you are now living it, and you're living examples of what Jesus Christ can do. Now, here's the thing, now you go teach somebody else. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and the, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also, who shall be able to teach others also, who shall be able to teach others also. That's the plan of God. 
But it starts with me and you learning the way of God. Lord, teach me. Show me your, your truth. Teach me your ways, oh Lord. Will you let that be your prayer today? Hey, we, we, want, we want to see the great things of God. We want to see his, his mighty power at work in our lives. We want to see him do the great and mighty things which we know not. But he's not going to do it if we're following our way, if we're living in sin. So we need to open ourselves and say, search me, O God, and know my heart. And then we need to say, Lord, would you show me your truth? Teach me your way. And if you'll do that, He'll do great and mighty things. But the choice is ours. Will you join me today in this commitment to God that we're going to open ourselves to Him and whatever He shows us is, is wrong in our lives, we're going to confess it. And whatever He shows us is right, we're going to do that. And, and we're going to get in the Word of God Hey, let me ask you this. How long has it been since you, since you read the Bible every day of, a, of the week? How long has it been since you've been in the habit of reading the Bible every day? Let's start that today. Let's renew that today. Maybe you say, I've been doing that. Hey, let's re-solidify our commitment to God to be in his word every day. Let's, let's recommit ourselves right now to follow him in his way. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you and praise you for your word. I want to thank you for your care, your love for us, as you will teach us your way. As we humble ourselves before you, Lord, we know that you're going to teach us your way. You're going to lead us in your truth. And Lord, so we ask you to search us and to show us and to teach us so that we can be those vessels of honor, sanctified, ready for you to use us to do the great and mighty works in this city and uh, this community and around the world that you desire to do. So Lord, we pray that you'd start it right here. Search us, teach us, and we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As Levi comes uh, to, to sing a song for us, uh, let's, let's just take a moment as he's singing uh, to reflect upon what God has said to us from his word, to, to see what God has, how God has spoken to us, and then let's respond accordingly. Let's do what God has said for us to do. See, it's not enough for him to just show us his way. We need to follow it. We need to do it. If he's shown you something today in your life that is not right, an area of your life where you've given into sin, where you've walked according to the, 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 the lust of the flesh and followed after the things of the world, hey, let's be quick to confess that. If you've lived in pride, resisting uh, the, the word of God and, and not desiring to be a part of God's word or his church, would you humble yourself today and let the word of God refresh your heart and your mind and draw you back to the place where you ought to be walking faithfully in the ways of God. And maybe, maybe today you've, you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior. Would you come to Him in faith, trusting Him as your Lord and Savior? He said, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. He's not going to turn you away. 
He loves you, and He wants to change your life if you'll come to Him. If you'd like to talk to somebody about that, I want to encourage you to, to contact us through our, uh, through our, our email, info at crosspoint.la. Info at crosspoint.la. Send us an email and let us know that you'd like to talk to somebody about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Or contact, if you're on Facebook, contact us through Messenger and let us know. We want to we wanna help you as, as best as we can. We want to show you from the Word of God how that you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if, you, if, you're, if you're ready to make that decision right now, let me tell you, it's just as simple as you talking to God and telling Him what's on your heart. Uh, Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It's nothing magical about the words you say. It is faith from your heart. And you can pray something like this. It doesn't have to be these words, but, uh, but it can be something like, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I, I realize that, I, that as a sinner, I've gone my own way. Lord, I, I recognize that I need you. I need you to, uh, to make a change in my life. Lord, my life has been broken. My life has been messed up. I'm, I'm heading to hell because, because of my sin, because I'm a sinner. But I believe that Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins and paid the price for my salvation. So Lord, today, would you forgive me and save me? Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise. Thank you for your salvation. Help me to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that or something like that, I want to rejoice with you. And I invite you to send me a message, that same email, info at crosspoint.la, and let us know what God has done in your heart today. If, you're, if you are saved and you're just getting some things right, I want to hear from you. I want to rejoice with you. And I want to encourage you as much as I can to live a life that's pleasing to God. Would you, would you share that testimony with us? And let's let God have his way.